Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is hump day on the Rob Carson Show. Did you hear of the big news out of Chicago? It looks like Lori Lightfoot, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. They tried that all night last night. They said Beetlejuice, 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 and she never appeared until after she lost the election. And things have gotten so bad for Lori Lightfoot in Chicago that even dead people wouldn't vote for her. It's that bad. I know. Celebrate Chicago. Chicago, Chicago, that murder in town. Thanks, Lori Lightfoot. Chicago just voted their mayor right down. Bye-bye. Miss Lightfoot, bet your bottom dollar she lost that race because of crime rate. Oh, yeah. In Chicago, no, she is- has risen since she took over the town. Because she's a black lesbian. On State Street, a once great street, I just want to say, they riot and they'll steal your stuff away. <laughs> hey, That's runaway crime is their way of life. I saw a thug assault a man's wife in Chicago. 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 Liberal time! Bye-bye. Yeah, she's, uh, she is out. She is out. She got third place in the, uh, in the race, and there are a couple people in front of her, uh, Chicago Public School CEO Paul Vallis and uh, Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson. Those are the two uh, people who are in front of him. One's a black guy, one's a white guy. Like that matters. But, of course, uh, it looks like Lori Lightfoot is saying the reason why she lost, the reason why she says she was treated unfairly because she was a black woman in America. Uh, it's kind of weird because she was historic, right? Wasn't she elected because she was a black woman in America? <laughs> so, so she got elected because she's a black woman in America and got defeated because she's a black woman in America. Now it's just because she uh, really sucked at being the mayor and, uh, and drove, uh, actually rode to hell in a handbasket with Chicago. That's what she did. Uh, For instance, in 2022, Lightfoot Chicago recorded 723 murders, a 95% increase in vehicle thefts, and a 50% increase in theft, and 10% increases from the previous year in burglary and robbery. Yeah, it's because she's a black lesbian in America. That's the reason. Uh, The crime has continued in 2023. The first homicide of the year occurred, occurred just 90 minutes into the new year. That was progress, I think. I think it was like 89 minutes last year. Uh, In addition, the first 22 days of the 2023 year saw a significant increase in crime compared to the first 22 days of 2021. A major crime in Democrat-run Chicago is up 97% from last year. It's because she's a black lesbian in America. Uh, Compared to those uh, 22 days last year, crime is up 61% in just 20. 
two days of the new year. 2,189 cars stolen, and that's about 100 per day. Compared to the first 22 days of 2022, that's a 165% jump compared to the first 22 days of 2019. Uh, This is not a typo. 349% increase. Yeah. I know. It's all because America is so racist. Uh, By the way, Vallis, this guy, is a tough-on-crime candidate, and he's calling for adding hundreds of police officers to uh, Chicago. And then Johnson has aligned himself with the radical defund the police movements and is a majorly supported by the Chicago Teachers Union, meaning that he's just another Democrat saying he's going to fix the schools. While we know, I think it was uh, 66 schools in uh, in the state of Illinois, no Nobody knows how to do math at grade level. Nobody knows how to read at grade level. And most of those schools are in Chicago. So you choose your candidate. I'm kind of leaning toward the pro-police guy. It is a little bit leaning towards the pro-police guy. I think that might be actually kind of a good idea, considering how badly that Lori Lightfoot screwed up Chicago. Here is Lori Lightfoot last night. All righty. Hold on. Let me, let me try that again here. Let's go with Lori Lightfoot. Lori Lightfoot uh, delivered a speech last night, of course, obviously, as, as is, uh, uh, you know, a candidate who loses. Um, here is uh, Lori Lightfoot. Just came to the podium, so let's listen in. It let's looks listen. like uh, live on Chicago television here. She's yeah. getting ready to um, but speak. I will be rooting and praying for our next mayor to deliver uh, for the people of the city for years to come. Yay. Golf applause. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you failed. You're a miserable failure. Terrible mayor. The worst ever, maybe in American history, other than Bill de Blasio. Four years years ago, I looked into the camera and spoke directly to young people of color who look like me and to every kid. Oh, God, I hope not. Who felt like I did um, when I grew up. And I'm going to okay, do- it had nothing to do, uh, your failure had nothing to do with your skin color. Uh, and honestly, what have you done for those kids? Probably the same thing that Democrats have done in places like uh, St. Louis and Baltimore. That again tonight. I told you back then that anything is possible with hard work. And I want you to know that no matter what happens along the way, you should always believe that. Because it's true. No, no, because see, your record uh, proved otherwise. You, you, what you did uh, is you completely failed. Uh, honestly, you, you completely failed. That promise that you made, you broke completely. Of course, now she's claiming unfairly treated during her re-election bid for mayor because she's a woman of color, not for her failure to, uh, to uh, curb Chicago's crime. First uh, black woman openly gay mayor of the Windy City is now also the first bl- um, Chicago mayor in 40 years to lose re-election after trailing behind a thir- in third place with only 17% of the vote. So she's been historical twice. That's pretty cool. She was elected because she was the first uh, openly gay uh, black mayor. I, you know, that, that's a big deal. Uh, and then also, uh, she was the first mayor to be voted out after the first term. Uh, and if you want to also make that historical, you can also say the first uh, woman of color uh, lesbian who was voted out of the first term as well. So you got to take good with the bad when it comes to history. 
You know, so if you're going to be the first openly gay woman as the mayor of Chicago, then you should also admit you're the first openly gay mayor of Chicago to get voted out. So uh, twice, twice historical. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. Throughout her term, she's been criticized for her soft on crime approach, which has led to massive increases in violence in the city. I already told you about that. The Miracle Mile, of course, uh, is now just a hellhole. I think 40 percent of the businesses have left there. Uh, I Chicago has always been very important to me. When I grew up, I uh, uh, when I was in Chicago, when I was in Growing up, I listened to Chicago radio, and I would listen to the you know all of the great uh, person Larry Lujak and all those guys, uh, Jonathan Brandmeier and all those guys, and uh, and I always wanted to work in Chicago, and uh, I went up uh, my first airline flight ever. I know this makes me sound real po down here because I grew up in a small town in Iowa. I was uh, I was 21 years old, and I flew for a radio convention, and I met Marv Dyson, the uh, general manager of WGCI, and I just thought, man, I wanna, and he was even a black guy, and I still wanted to be like him. I know it sounds really crazy for a white guy to appreciate but no he was phenomenal and i wanted to be just like marv dice and i want to be just like the great personalities on radio in chicago and then uh in recent years there's no way in hell i would live in chicago my son was going to move to chicago right after he got out of college i say i you know do what you want to do but I, I really don't want you to move to chicago and uh, and now you can understand why and i think this is kind of a, a big deal i think it's a great thing for uh, big cities like Chicago, unfortunately, still haven't gotten in Baltimore. Uh, they elected a moron up there as well, and New York uh, pretty much uh, voted in another moron who he likes to say he's really tough on crime, but he's a moron. He wears expensive suits. He looks good all the time, but he didn't do anything up there. And it's kind of interesting because in, in, in uh, the Big Apple shoplifting pandemic has, uh, has, has sparked Democrats to get off their butts and do something about it because all the bodegas and everything are getting robbed, not only in, uh, in New York. And by the way, if you've been to a... Uh, a pharmacy or a bodega in uh, New York City, and I have. I've been very blessed to be able to go and broadcast live there. You can't get a toothbrush without having to get somebody open it with a with a key, and uh, and literally there are stores being robbed blind. So there's a bill set to be introduced to the legislature uh, by Senate Jess- uh, Senate Democrat Jessica Scarcella Spanton and Assemblyman Manny de, de los Santos uh, that would make it a felony to commit even minor assaults against retail workers because. You remember uh, a while back, this bodega worker was attacked by this guy, and uh, he decided to grab a knife and stick the guy in the neck, and uh, the bodega worker won, and the thug died. So it is a common-sense approach to make perps think twice about what they're doing, according to Scarcella Spanton. The proposal would put retail workers in the same protected category as cops, firefighters. They don't protect cops there. Are you kidding me? Do you seriously? Anyway, so as cops, firefighters, paramedics, and other frontline workers, all MTA workers, including cleaners and booth attendants, were added last year. So it looks like maybe, I'm not saying the Democrats are pulling their collective heads out of their rear ends, but maybe uh, people in cities like Chicago and and New York City are saying, you know what, we kind of liked it when we were a really great city, and we'd like to go back there, and we'd like it if the dang city wasn't uh, so awful right now. And, uh, no, of course, uh, New York has still got some other things to deal with, like the permeating smell, I mean all the time smell of, of marijuana on the streets, including in the mornings. You can walk by a Dunkin' Donuts, you'll smell coffee and donut smell wafting through the air. 
combined with some really, really stanky weed. Really stanky weed everywhere. I'm not kidding. You should you should go if you haven't been. It's like I went to the uh, to New York City last uh, December and I saw the the big Christmas tree there in front of Rockefeller Center. I smelled weed everywhere. It was just and then when you think about green and Christmas, now it's all about the weed. And then of course if you go to an ATM vestibule, you'd never think about getting money out of it because a lot of them have homeless people uh, sleeping on the floor in there. So you don't exactly want to get out your uh, ATM card and, and withdraw some cash. Oh, and and in uh, in St. Louis, we saw this a couple days ago. I I am very uh, close to St. Louis. Uh, love me some uh, deep fried ravioli and Emo's pizza. But uh, I don't know if I'd live there uh, right now, and that's a shame because I mean I went to Mark McGuire's sixty second home run game. I have done a ton of work on KMOX there. But the other day, this guy, this uh, Deshaun Thomas, on camera. These people inside, look at this guy right out on the street. Right out there on the street, uh, this guy sitting near, apparently uh, the, the guy who uh, was sitting on the street offended off this, this uh, Deshaun Thomas earlier and was sitting there, and Thomas literally loaded a handgun, went up behind him and shot him execution style in the back of the head. And the guy on the camera is screaming, oh, my God, they just bleeping killed him. That's how bad things have gotten in Democrat-run cities. And then this is kind of funny. Nationwide, there's a 30% spike in homicide rates in 2020. It was worse in Democrat-leading counties. It had nothing to do with gun sales, according to new analysis. It's kind of interesting. You keep voting in these Democrats, and they always talk about, I'm going to reduce crime by getting rid of guns. Uh, They don't. I wouldn't want to be in New York, like on a subway, unless I was concealed carrying, to be honest. And, and if I uh, owned a bodega, I'd want to conceal carry, too. I don't want just the punishment of the thugs. I want to be able to have a gun in my pocket if they decide they want to try and shoot me. And then uh, we've also got this one more note on crime and Lori Lightfoot and all that stuff. Uh, half of all American uh, murders are unsolved. The lowest slump in four decades from 71% to 50%. So Democrats largely have made, uh, you can get away with murder in America pretty much. It's pretty remarkable. Now, we got a ton of stuff on the plate. Not only Christopher Wray, the head of the FBI, confirming that the uh, the virus came from the Wuhan lab. Uh, also, uh, Fox News. Fox News, did you know that Paul Ryan is a big, big, big uh, uh, board member there? And he's actually in charge of uh, dictating content. And it's kind of interesting because Fox has gone all in on Ron DeSantis. And, uh, and uh, Paul Ryan said he did didn't want any more talk about Donald Trump. It, it's kind of interesting. And the only two networks that cover Trump rallies are uh, OAN and Newsmax. Oh, what happened to them on DirecTV? It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Here's the numbers. 800-922-6680. This is a Wednesday edition of the Rob Carson Show. Time to put Nancy, Joe, Chuck, Bernie, and Mitch in a retirement home. Rest well and rest easy. You deserve it. It's the Rob Carson Show. You get a chance to check out the podcast. It is available on uh, all your normal digital platforms. Some abnormal, actually, because you know they have my podcast on them. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc., etc. If you would like to get a compendium of them, that's uh, a list to Democrats. By the way, uh, just go to Newsmax.com/slash/listen, listen, listen. Uh, so we heard yesterday that uh, FBI Director Christopher Ray. Uh, you know, who is, uh, according to Democrats, he is sacrosanct, man. I mean, you do not mess with Christopher Ray. He's been right on everything. 
And uh, Christopher Ray admitted, I want you to listen to this real quick. This is Christopher Ray admitting that uh, the FBI knew that the COVID virus came from the Wuhan lab for a long time. As you note, Brett, uh, the FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. Okay, so uh, how long has the FBI known that? Now, we also know that the FBI has never admitted having Hunter Biden's laptop. They had it since 2019. They didn't say a dang thing about that. I wonder why. Oh, there were political reasons behind it. It kind of makes you wonder if maybe the FBI knew that the virus came from Wuhan, China, before the election. Who do you think? Do you think maybe that? Certainly before the midterms, right? Here is the head of the FBI saying that the FBI knew forever that the, uh, the virus came from Wuhan. Well, why the hell didn't the FBI say anything about it? Why hasn't the Democrat Congress done anything about investigating it? They didn't. I think it's fairly clear, right? I mean, couldn't you say that maybe the uh, Democrat Party, they are down with the Marxist revolution that's happening in the country? All of this, all this oddity, all this strangeness that's going on, all this division, all of this insanity in schools and, and all of this burning and all. Do you, do you suppose that's all organic? Is there something really driving that here now? Other than, hist- you know, slavery happened 170 years ago? Is that, is that the reason? No, it's the plan. It's, it's, the, it's the moist dream of the class of 1968, guys. That's what this is all about. Geraldo Rivera on Twitter. You know, Geraldo's one of those guys that, uh, you know, sometimes when you live 80 years, you, you learn some things and, and you, you, know, you gain some wisdom and uh, you're no longer uh, uh, ignorant. And um, Geraldo's not one of those people. He's, uh, he's remained uh, completely uh, ignorant and oblivious to a lot of things even into his later years. Uh, He said that the coronavirus pandemic was caused by a a lab leak in Wuhan, China, is a conclusive, overwhelmingly, and supported by fact, logic, reason, and circumstances. Okay, there you go. That's good. He goes, he goes, uh, he says, to persist in the Hunan seafood market thesis is to believe Earth is flat, or the 2020 election was stolen. See, that's where it goes into the, I remember Sesame Street, one of these things is not like the other. So you got uh, origin of the COVID virus there. You got uh, Hunan seafood market. That's, you know, absurd. And then uh, uh, 2020, or no, no, I'm sorry. Hunan seafood market, then the earth is flat, then 2020 election stolen. So Hunan seafood market's been debunked. Uh, flat earth, dear God in heaven, of course. 2020 election, one of these things is not like the other. Because if you, uh, if you look at fact, logic, reason, and circumstances and conclude that the coronavirus pandemic was caused by a lab in China, then you would also have to use fact, logic, reason, and circumstances to look at the 2020 election. Because uh, oddly enough, the origins of the COVID virus in any questioning of the 2020 uh, presidential election were all declared misinformation and disinformation. That's kind of interesting. And they were all the, the, uh, the uh, deep state, the uh, DHS, the CDC, the HHS, the FBI, uh, and, then, uh, and then in cahoots, in cahoots with uh, big social media, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, couldn't have any opinions on those two things unless they agreed with the narrative, which was the, the election was perfectly fine and China didn't, have the, didn't come up with the virus. 
So uh, I would venture to say that, uh, again, Geraldo Rivera misses the mark. He swings and he misses. He whiffs. He whiffs in trying to make a point. But what we do know is that the uh, FBI and the Department of Energy both say that it came from the Wuhan market. And the reason why the Energy Department has a special division as part of its mission to track and mitigate the proliferation of weapons of mass destruction. And so they study biological weapons such as viruses. So the, the DOE actually is the, the perfect uh, de- governmental department to say that the, uh, the virus came from Wuhan, China. You see what I just did there? I kind of wrapped that up with a bow. I tied it in the whole deal. But I've got more on the way, including how much uh, Tony Fauci's network increased while yours went down during COVID. Uh, you're going to be slack-jawed on this one, guys. Here's the number, 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hey guys, it's Carson. Are you looking to protect your money from Biden's America? Yeah, me too. Well, right now you can get up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last just by taking action in today's uncertain times. That's exactly why I partnered with a great company, Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. Gold Co. is a six-time, 5,000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year with thousands of five-star reviews and have helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. If you call them today, qualified callers get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. Don't pass this up. Not while companies are laying off workers by tens of thousands and Chinese spy balloons are drifting over our country consequence-free. Protect yourself from Biden's America and see if you're eligible for up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. Here's the number, 855-735-3740. That's 855-735-3740 for Gold Co. Sleepy Joe. Joe Biden's been asleep for years. This has to be a wake-up call and shine a bright spotlight on anything like this behavior anywhere. It's the Rob Carson Show. Kind of interesting. FBI Director for uh, Director Chris Ray admitted that the FBI has known for a long time that the uh, COVID virus came from the lab in Wuhan. And then the Department of Energy, they asserted that COVID was from a lab, and they did it with low confidence, according to the Wall Street Journal. That's their way of, uh, of actually saying it happened, but kind of tamping down the reaction in the mainstream media, giving them kind of a little out to not, uh, to not cover the story. That's what it is. It's, it's like, you know, saying, like Joe, I mentioned this, Bill Clinton, when he was running for office, uh, he was on like an MTV panel, and somebody asked him, did you inhale or, or did you drink, did you smoke pot? Right. And uh, and now it's actually a prerequisite to uh, run for officer if you're a Democrat. But he said, uh, yes, I did. But I didn't inhale because that was his way of, of responding and saying, yeah, I did. But I didn't inhale, which gave him kind of an out. And it, it was a different world now. Uh, then now you can go in uh, you know, anywhere in New York City in the Isle of Manhattan and smell weed. Uh, then I mentioned it's some pretty sweet leaf uh, in the air. Actually, no, it's like it's as bad as uh, following a tractor trailer. If, you, if you're following a tractor tra- trailer, like if uh, Cheech and Chong were driving it. Okay, that's kind of a dated reference for you, uh, you know, Gen Xers. But anyway, yeah, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. It's kind of funny. 
Uh, Marty McCary, who I have uh, been a big fan of since the beginning of this. Marty McCary is a professor at Johns Hopkins, and he was in front of Congress yesterday. And uh, I, since day one, I've always thought the uh, the COVID uh, pandemic response uh, was questionable. I always thought it was bullcrap. I've, I've said a few things. I said, uh, you know, if, if a cloth mask could prevent supposedly the deadliest virus in the history of mankind, uh, then I guess uh, you you know you could use a cowboy hat to go scuba diving. It would pro- it would provide about as much protection. And then I went to the hospital near my home, a big hospital. It's not a podunk little hospital. It's not a little minute clinic. It's the biggest hospital in Johnson County during the height of the pandemic and the beginning of it. And every night I went up there after my 12-hour day at the car dealership where I didn't have to wear a mask, and I met hundreds of customers for almost a year without a mask. Uh, and they never had anybody in the parking lot. I was like, what, what, what? And then they closed down the schools, and then they closed down everything, but they left Walmart and liquor stores open. So I'm like, well, I guess uh, you know, Walmart lives don't matter. And then I questioned whether, where, where are the body pits behind Walmart? Because honestly, where are the class action lawsuits against those businesses that kept open during COVID? Because all of those people must have died at much larger numbers, right? No, they didn't. It was all a bunch of BS. This is Marty McCary yesterday in front of Congress saying what you and I have known all along. All right, hold on one second. Let me uh, let me do uh, this. Hold on, I got I got to change the setting here, and uh, here we go. All righty, hold on. Uh, the greatest perpetrator of misinformation during the pandemic has been the United States government. Misinformation that COVID was spread through surface transmission, that vaccinated immunity was far greater than natural immunity. Yeah, I just found out that was a lie. That masks were effective. Now we have the definitive Cochrane review. What do you do with that review? Cochrane is the most authoritative evidence body in all of medicine and has been for decades. Do you just ignore it, not talk about it? Oh, that's what they'll do. That myocarditis was more common after the infection than the vaccine. Yeah, that's gonna be the next domino to fall. Not true. It's four to twenty-eight times more common after the the vaccine. Yeah, Let young true. people benefit from a booster. Misinformation. Our two top experts on vaccines quit the FDA in protest uh-huh. over this particular issue, pushing boosters in young, healthy people. Yeah. The data was never there. It never is, and if you get a booster for your kid, you're insane. That's why the CDC never disclosed hospitalization rates among boosted Americans under age 50. Interesting. The vaccine mandates would increase vaccination rates. The George uh, Mason University study shows it didn't. Yeah, we said nah. It, it did one thing. It created never vaxxers who are now not getting the childhood vaccines they need to get. Nah. Over and over again, we've seen something that goes far beyond using your best judgment with the information at hand. We've seen something which is unforgivable, and that is the weaponization of medical research itself. Uh, unforgivable. That's kind of interesting that he would say uh, unforgivable. And, and I tend to agree, actually, because uh, what they did was abusive. It caused enormous harm, and people need to go to jail for it. This is Jim Gossett. Unforgivable Those Fauci lies Unforgivable 
tonight a leak at the Wuhan lab. Pushed vaccines while Pfizer paid my tab. Never before have actions been more unforgivable. In every way. In every way. This is pretty. No one believes a word I say. A word you say. Wow. The cover-up was so predictable. My explanation's contradictable. It makes Fauci quite convictable, too. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed. He's been kind of quiet. Have you noticed that? Been kind of quiet. Maybe he went back to the hollow tree and he's making cookies again. There's just so much win in today's show. There's just so much win. You got the Lori Lightfoot getting beaten in Chicago. You got now the uh, FBI admitting they've known for a hell of a long time that uh, COVID came from the Wuhan lab and every other domino on the COVID lies falling. This while, by the way, uh, uh, the uh, the attorney general of the country is being grilled in front of Congress for being a uh, political tool. And Merrick Garland, and it's on Newsmax right now, uh, but listen to my show and, and keep Newsmax right there. They got it on. And I, during the breaks, I'm listening to Newsmax. But anyway, let's go to Kathy in Stevensville, Maryland. She has a, a comment on the uh, Wuhan lab release of the COVID virus and how incredibly obvious it was. Go ahead. Yeah, it's the, probably the only successful thing I think that they've really pulled off lately. I feel like the incestuous relationship between the media and the government by way of people like Paul Ryan going into the media. And there are so many spouses and relatives that actually of government workers in the media, it's just one happy family. It's not independent at all. And as far as I'm concerned, COVID was released purposely because Donald Trump, the president at the time, was kicking their butt when it came to um, trade. And... I think they may have even threatened it behind the scenes. I think Donald Trump knew a lot more of what was going on. He can't divulge everything he knew. Well, Kathy, it's it's fairly obvious. Kathy, it's fairly obvious. Uh, They tried to do it with Trump in 2016 by saying that uh, Russia colluded with Donald Trump to throw the election. Uh, That was a lie, Uh, you know, and uh, and then then uh, and I said I said it would make no sense because clearly Hillary Clinton had they had uh, Russia had a compelling interest to have Hillary Clinton in the White House because she had actually been bought and paid for. She signed off on the uranium one release to Russia while she was secretary of state. She got over two hundred million dollars in one year to her uh, global foundation from Russian oligarchs. So there was a payoff there. Donald Trump was a hawk on Russia, a hawk on energy independence, independence. And there was no compelling reason why he would collude with Russia. Same with uh, Joe Biden in China. Joe Biden has been bought and paid for by China. Dear God, look at the dang laptop, okay? Uh, clearly, Donald Trump was a hawk on trade. He said as soon as he went in office, he says, we're going to end this nonsense with China. China. Remember China? And that yeah. probably really oh, got yeah. under their skin. It got really under their skin. So there are puppeteers uh, in other governments that are putting Democrats in office. And and now this is all coming out, Kathy. And this is not conspiracy there. I mean, just follow the freak 
leaking money to the Penn Biden Center and Joe Biden's checking account and his son's business dealings and uh, being in charge of a $1.5 billion Chinese hedge fund after Hunter Biden went with his dad to China in 2013 while he was a VP. I could go on and on, Kathy, but it's, it's really beyond well, it's really beyond argument at this point. I, when I hear uh, the Democrats trying to defend this, I just say derp, derp, derp. Follow the evidence. Go I ahead. Wonder, I wish you could answer a question for me. Why doesn't that? Donald Trump sue Adam Schiff for the? I mean, I know they can say whatever they want on the House floor, and they can yeah. tell a bold-faced lie, and that's legal. Yeah. But he did some things outside of that, just being interviewed in on the media, mm-hmm. that were lies that he knew were lies, mm-hmm. and we know he knew. So I'm wondering why he doesn't sue him. Why doesn't he sue everybody and just for the hell of it put him into bankruptcy? Well, I because I, I believe there's a difference as a public figure as far as what you could say about a public figure, although when Donald Trump left office, that changes. Uh, for instance, uh, when uh, Harry Reid was the uh, leader of the Senate, he said that Mitch Romney didn't pay his taxes. He could say that. It was a bold-faced lie. He admitted it was a lie, but, uh, but Romney couldn't do anything about it. Uh, as far as Donald Trump is concerned, I'm not sure. Uh, if you know he's got so many uh, people suing him, he probably doesn't have time to sue anybody. To be quite honest, uh, and and he also <laughs> yeah. thinks that Adam Schiff is a pencil neck little bug who has no sway over anybody. So that might be part well, of it. Fauci too. should be in jail. Fauci should be in prison. And I hope at some point he loses all his money. And the best thing that could have come out of all this is he's no longer at NIH. Amen. Amen. He has saved more lives. That's oh. where we've been saved. Kathy, in the next segment, I've got some uh, incredible audio about uh, Tony Fauci from Open the Books founder Adam Andrzejewski. And uh, you won't believe how much money that Tony Fauci and his wife made while he was in his position during COVID. And she even directed policy while he raked in the money. That's coming up in the next segment, okay? Great. I'll stay tuned. Thank you so much. You are the best. Let's go ahead and take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. If the left tells you to quiet down, get louder. It's The Rob Carson Show. China is not very happy with Elon Musk. They're real mad over there in China. And you know what I have to say about China? Well, I can't really say it on the air. But uh, there's one word, and you know, I think you know what it starts with. And then just follow with uh, with China. But here's a report on CNBC. Oh, well, the reminder today was directed towards Elon Musk. Uh, the Tesla founder had been uh, retweeting posts uh, promoting the uh, theory that coronavirus originated from a Wuhan lab. Well, the issue is very sensitive here. This moron on television, by the way, is still wearing a mask. She's wearing a mask outside in front of a camera. That's what a moron she is. In China. And so the Communist Party paper, The Global Times, warned on its social media site uh, that he could be breaking the pot of China. Uh, this is a Chinese saying that's similar to uh, biting the hand that feeds you. Now, this warning comes as Chinese officials, uh, both on a, a high level as well as um, on a lower level of the government, are really pulling out all the stops to try to attract U.S. investment into China. Yeah, you know what? Screw China. And, and China knows that when Donald Trump is the president again, uh, there's going to be hell to pay. There's going to be hell to pay. Not what well, I'm not Joe Biden, his hair, which is a hell to pay. Uh, it, no, there's going to be hell to pay. That's kind of interesting. I saw uh, Open the Books founder uh, Adam Andrzejewski. 
and uh, he was talking, I believe this with with Maria Bartiromo, could not be sure. But anyway, uh, they uh, he did some uh, serious... Uh, investigation into uh tony fauci it is actually it's uh, you can you could find it uh he he did a little investigative journalism which is what you know journalists are supposed to do but the mainstream media wouldn't and uh, here's what he had to find here's what he found out about anthony fauci and uh, how rich he got during the pandemic well this goes right to the credibility of our institution uh, this actually this first soundbite is about how uh, any dissent was considered disinformation during the outbreak. And it went on to everything that the government was promoting, like CRT, Black Lives Matter, the whole deal. You could not have a countering opinion. ...right here in America. And look, there needs to be a lot more investigation about how government put its thumb on the scale during the COVID pandemic yes. to influence speech in this country. And speech equals thought. Yes. They were trying to control our thoughts. And so, look, the House... Select committees, they need to dig and keep clawing. Yeah, and uh, a lot of those uh, medical edicts, of course, all came from Anthony Fauci. He created this nonsense about wearing masks and six feet of distance between you and me and all that, and the shutting down the schools, which was absolutely ridiculous. And for that alone, the man should spend the rest of his life in prison. Because what the bureaucrats did to our kids unforgivable you need to go to jail that includes uh, randy weingartner who is uh, now pushing that uh, kids who wasted their money on worthless degrees get their student loans forgiven we'll get to that later in the show here is uh, more from open the books adam andrushevsky we found that dr fauci was the most highly compensated federal employee and he out earned the president last year he made four hundred and eighty thousand. now if you think about it Anthony Fauci probably made a lot of people rich during the pandemic. You know, with all that talk about mandatory vaccines and you really need a vaccine, your kids need a vaccine, your fetus needs a vaccine, and before, if you don't kill it, you know, with abortion and everything. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like, maybe he was directing some uh, paydays to people. I'm just going to ruminate in here. And Mrs. Fauci, Christine Grady, she's employed as the chief bioethicist at Fauci's employer, the National Institutes of Health. Don't you have to be ethical? To be an ethicist? So while Fauci was crafting national health care pandemic policies, she was backstopping those policies through her office at the on ethics and moral studies. And she actually out-earned the vice president of the United States. Oh. Now, Dr. Fauci's retired at the end of the year, and he's retired on the largest pension in federal history. We estimate that pension at $375,000 a year. That is interesting. And, you know, but he suffered. <clears throat> he suffered with the rest of us. During the pandemic, I mean, you know, uh, while uh, he was uh, directing uh, with the uh, CDC, the HHS and all that to uh, shut down businesses, you couldn't work out, you couldn't go to a concert, couldn't go to a movie, your kid couldn't go to school, uh, you couldn't walk your dog, couldn't have people in your uh, house. You know, I could go on and on. It was insane. So clearly, I'm, I'm sure that because while all that was happening to you and me and we suffered greatly, you, you would think certainly he, uh, he suffered the same as you and me. That as Dr. Fauci's positions during the pandemic changed, Mrs. Fauci's positions on ethics studies during the pandemic changed to match her husband's positions. And so we'll be ready in a couple of weeks to release that report. Yeah. Uh, look, Dr. Fauci's net worth, we showed that during the pandemic years of 2019 through 
2021, it increased from $7.6 million to $12.6 million. We show exactly how Fauci profited during the pandemic. Wait, 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 that what, wait, wait, hold on a second. You're saying that Anthony Fauci got filthy, stinking rich directing the COVID uh, virus response, which has been shown to be completely fraudulent? That's nuts. Uh, look, Dr. Fauci's net worth, we showed that during the pandemic years of 2019 through 2021, it increased from $7.6 million to $12.6 million. We show exactly how Fauci profited during the pandemic. Wow. I, I, if I were you, I'd go to openthebooks.com and see what they've discovered because uh, we all knew this. I mean, we all knew this. Stephen Colbert is a little bit freaked out by it. Stephen Colbert was also a shill for the vaccines. Remember that stupid dance number he did where he did the, the, the conga line with the transgendered syringes? <laughs> Who comes up with that stuff? I wonder why he's in second place now in late night, uh, you know, whizzing on the graves of Johnny Carson and Jack Parr and Steve Allen with, uh, you know, political propaganda. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, coming up on the show, John Stewart. Remember when he went on Stephen Colbert and he, he said, well, duh, of course the virus came from Wuhan. He got wrecked by the left on social media, and he's learned a valuable lesson. Also, did you realize in Virginia schools, Democrats don't want the dangers of communism uh, taught in schools? Well, there's a communist survivor who spoke in front of a meeting, and she explains why they did that. That's all coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. Like the show? You can help by subscribing and leaving a five-star review on both Apple and Spotify. It's free. Information. Truth. Is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hour number two of the uh, Rob Carson Show right ahead. We have somebody, I, I'm really excited about this actually, uh, one of the few great journalists still available in the country, uh, not available like he's single, but Gabe Kaminsky, writer for The Federalist, has done a terrific series on uh, disinformation and misinformation incorporated, which I talked about a lot last week. He's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Literally, there was government money going to uh, uh, a Microsoft offshoot called Xander, which determined that misinformation and disinformation, according to them, came from conservative outlets. And so they put uh, feelers out and, uh, and pressured uh, companies to not advertise on businesses like Newsmax. Even though they uh, were telling the truth, Newsmax telling the truth, it just wasn't the truth that the left and the deep state wanted to push. Hence the words misinformation and disinformation. So state-sponsored apartheid of thought. I know. And he's going to talk to us at the bottom of the hour. So John Stewart 
he uh, he learned a hard lesson. There are a lot of people on the left who are learning hard lessons about uh, censorship. And John Stewart, he uh, put two and two together with regard to where he thought the uh, the uh, lab leak happened or, or where the virus came from. Here is uh, John Stewart on uh, Stephen Colbert's show about a year ago coming out and uh, sharing uh, what common sense and facts and reason dictated about where the virus came from. Hold on one second. Let me just go ahead and uh, send this up here. Hold on one second. I apologize. I'm going to have to. What, 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 what do you mean by that? Do you mean like oh, this so was, perhaps was, there's, there's a chance that this was created in a lab? There's an investigation. A chance? Both. What I love is that Stephen Colbert at least acts like he has no clue, has never even thought about this, which is very possible because he's in a cocoon. He probably only listens to NPR, and he only watches PBS, ABC, CBS. Well, he'll only say CBS. But, you know, he only watches the uh, the sycophantic leftist press. Oh, my God. there's evidence, I'd love to hear it. There's a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? the Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. See, that would be enough right there, just to maybe have a one single uh, journalistic outlet pursue that. But they didn't. That's just, that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they I, ask I, those scientists, they're like, how did this... So wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan respiratory coronavirus lab. How did this happen? And they're like... Mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> and you're like, no. I, you even the crowd, I don't even think they were fluffed. I don't even think there was the applause sign or the laugh sign going. He, they were really laughing because he pointed out the absurdity of not believing that it came from the Wuhan lab. You, the oh, name of your lab. If you look at the name, look at the name. Can I, let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the coronavirus lab in Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and... There you go. So, you know, he made a, uh, a great point there using humor, which is what I, uh, I do. And uh, he paid for it, actually. Here he is talking on a podcast, uh, Apple TV's show, The Problem with Jon Stewart. And uh, this is what you and I of conservatives have in, been enduring for years with all of our thoughts, with all of my monologues, with all of my posts on social media viewed through the lens of uh, conservative. Oh, it must be misinformation and disinformation. Listen to how the sycophantic left attacked Jon Stewart for thinking outside of the party. The larger problem with all of this is the inability to discuss things that are within the realm of possibility without falling into absolutes and litmus testing each other for uh, our political allegiances as it arose from that. Just like they do in communist China. My, my bigger problem with, with that was I thought it was a pretty good bit that expressed yeah. kind of how I felt. Yeah. And the two things that came out of it were I'm racist against Asian people of course, of course. and how dare I align myself with the alt-right. There you go, the alt-right. And see, the uh, the Democrat Party and the deep state have always done their level best to go after the alt-right, whatever the hell the alt-right is. Or what was the other thing they call us? Well, MAGA fascists, uh, Trump supporters, uh, enemies of democracy. Oh, QAnon, QAnon. 
Nobody knows what QAnon is. All right? it, it, it's like, it's like they, they literally will not say, oh, Antifa exists. No, it doesn't. But they, they made up QAnon. All right, nobody knows what the hell QAnon is, and nobody follows QAnon. But anyway, here's a little bit more with uh, John Stewart learning a hard lesson about having viewpoints that are against the uh, party line, the deep state line. And the backlash was swift, uh, immediate, and yes, uh, quite loud. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, I didn't take that personally either. Like, we live in a world where, like, I have my opinions. I'm not mad at the backlash either because they're doing what I was doing, which is expressing myself. Yes, but they're trying to shut your voice down. The part that I don't like about it is the the absolutes and the dismissive. Like, mm-hmm. I will never forgive you. Oh, yeah. You have crossed the unforgivable I lost all of my Maryland friends when I became a conservative talk show host and then supported Donald Trump and also said that Black Lives Matter was a giant money laundering scam fine you've expressed an opinion that is antithetical to mine or not mine and it may not be one that has any real ramifications of anything I was just saying this seems like it's a pretty good possibility which by the way has happened before but what was stunning to me, I think, was the anger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is, uh, it is insane. It is absolutely insane. And we've seen it about any type of disagreement with the uh, deep state, the Democrat Party, uh, and, and expressing your opinion. It all became disinformation and misinformation in the last three years. And I have, from the very beginning, I said, this is absolutely not acceptable. You have every right to freedom of expression. You have every right to a, uh, an opinion. And I saw Candace Owens last night, and Candace Owens basically said to conservatives everywhere, you got to stop second-guessing your opinions. You cannot go into a segment or into a thought and think about how the left is going to possibly take you off YouTube. Think about that. I know media organizations. I know journalists. I know personalities who won't say certain things on Facebook because they won't. Get, they will be demonetized, or on YouTube they'll be demonetized or taken down. So they literally have to run it through a filter in their brain, knowing how the left is going to shut them down. When the hell did that become okay? I have never been, honestly, uh, I think about five years ago, Facebook stopped allowing me to monetize anything. They also stopped me from being able to pay them to promote content. For instance, my T-shirt line. I've got a line of T-shirts and swag, and one of them says, uh, oddly enough, two years ago I came up with it, everybody was kung flu fighting, and they took it down. I had another one that said uh, Chuck Fina. Okay, Uh, not obscene, not obscene. And the Chinese communist flag, Uh, they would not allow me to promote that. And then my T-shirt company took it down. So it went everywhere. All of this misinformation, disinformation, all of this censorship spread throughout everything. The mainstream media, big social media, uh, all of the departments of government, the DHS, which created a department of disinformation, This is the Marxist-Communist takeover of the country. And I thank God that we discovered this. (coughs) Excuse me. We discovered this. But I'm going to tell you, 
And we're still growing here, guys. We, we just added a WOR in New York. Things are blowing up. Uh, across the country, we've got new uh, stations in New Hampshire, all across New Hampshire, uh, Baltimore CBM, Atlanta's WMLB, Richmond's WJFM, Albuquerque KDAZ, uh, all of the, these wonderful stations of the Nevada Talk Radio Network, Philadelphia J, uh, JFP, Santa Cruz KSCO, all of these great stations are carrying the show. But I'm going to tell you to my 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 uh, uh, brothers and sisters in media, if you've ever looked at a post or a thought and thought about the ramifications from the left or from YouTube or Facebook or Twitter with shutting it down, uh, that has got to end. And here's what uh, Candace Owens said about that. They win this battle. There is nothing left, right? There is nothing left. And so I encourage people, I say, no, you need to say the thing that you know is true. Because the problem that we're having right now is too many conservatives are acting like cowards, right? They're saying we need to be nicer. It's okay. This is how they have gained so much territory. This is how we are fighting them in the school systems, how we're fighting them in the classrooms, how we are fighting them to simply acknowledge that women can never be men and men can never be women. These are are insane. That's just No, that's a fact. Arguments, but they're able to happen because good people sit by and say absolutely nothing while they run amok. I have said from the get-go, all you have to do is say no. You recognize this nonsense. I said that we've got to turn away from nonsense and return to common sense. I've been saying that forever. And a very, very, very small number of people are guiding all of this BS. And you can stop it. All you got to do is say, I'm not going to play along. And, and so I also want to say this, and it's, it's very important to point out, the Democrats used to be quiet about their corruption, right? Years ago, they were quiet about their corruption. Now they're corrupt openly, and they're mocking you. And what they're oh, really yeah. asking you is, and what are you going to do about oh, it? Yeah. So what? We knew Fetterman was mentally incapacitated, and we still allowed him to make it all the way to the Senate. And what are you going to do about it? So what? We know that Joe Biden can't, can barely walk. We can see the early signs of dementia. And what are you going to do about it? It's a very fair question. I, I'd ask the same to everybody out there watching this program. What are you going to do about it? Why don't you start saying the truth and having the courage to say it boldly? Very good. I have never held back an opinion. And I won't. I won't. So coming up, it's kind of interesting. There's just a Dominion Voting Systems uh, lawsuit against Fox. And we found out through this that it appears that Paul Ryan holds some pretty serious sway with regard to uh, influence on uh, editorial coverage. And uh, it looks like Mr. Ryan, we all know he's not a big fan of Donald Trump. And we've all of a sudden seen, uh, wow, rah, rah, rah on Ron DeSantis. Nothing against Ron DeSantis. But uh, it's kind of interesting that Fox is going all in anti-Trump, pro-DeSantis. There are two networks that cover Trump rallies. One of them was OAN. One of them was Newsmax. Uh, OAN before the election were taken off of DirecTV. Newsmax, as soon as the 2024 presidential election campaign started when Donald Trump announced his candidacy. Kind of weird, right? Kind of weird. I'm going to give you some more details on this. Your calls are welcome at 800-922-6680. This is the Rob Carson Show. If you're looking for a woke take on current events, just go back to sleep because you're not getting it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. To me, there are some things that uh, you need to enjoy life, and one of them is the freedom of expression. 
And uh, there are a lot of people who come here from countries where that's been banned. There are a lot of people who die in shark-infested waters between Cuba and here because they want freedom to uh, live life to the fullest, freedom to express themselves, freedom to make a living, freedom to fill, uh, to fill your stomach, among other things. And uh, we've got a war against free speech going on in our country, and it, and it has been quite successful. Uh, this is kind of similar. Dominion Voting Systems, they uh, you know, filed a lawsuit against Fox News for defamation, $1.6 billion, because uh, Fox News runs some reports, I guess, questioning the uh, reliability of uh, Dominion Voting Machines. We'll see how that, uh, how that turns out. But uh, the lawsuit has uh, shown us some things behind the scenes, including that former House Speaker Paul Ryan, a member of Fox Corporation's uh, board of directors, has had influence over the channel's editorial coverage, according to this piece in, uh, in Breitbart here. Uh, and uh, a section of the lawsuit titled Concern About Fox's Election Coverage and Fallout Rises to the Board Level Details Ryan's Level of Influence on the Channel's Editorial Coverage. It's kind of interesting. Apparently, uh, with regard to the uh, election in 2022, uh, Paul Ryan told Rupert Murdoch that Fox News should not be spreading conspiracy theories. According to the lawsuit, pointing to the extent of Ryan's influence on Fox News editorial coverage, Dominion claims Ryan gave uh, Rupert plenty of suggestions with respect to programming as well as suggestions regarding content and show hosts. Further, Dominion alleged that Ryan encouraged the Murdochs to move away from Trump altogether. And have you noticed all the all the rah-rah for uh, DeSantis on Fox? I mean, Hannity had him on his radio show yesterday, his TV show last night, talking about his new book. No coverage of Trump. It's kind of weird, right? I don't have anything against Fox. You know, I, I watch Fox. I watch Newsmax. Thank you very much. But I got to tell you... <laughs> Anyway, back to this uh, lawsuit specifically, he told the Murdochs that Fox should be pivoting at this election away uh, during November 20 through January 21st, away from Trump, advising them to move on from Donald Trump and stop spouting election lies. Specifically, that Ryan is a member of Fox Corporation Board of Directors in the midst of its coverage of the former president. It's kind of funny that uh, Newsmax was banned from DirecTV, taken down. Right around the time that Donald Trump announced his candidacy. OAN was banned last year from DirecTV. They also covered Trump rallies. Uh, and now all you got left is Fox. Fox doesn't carry the rallies. Huh. I, I, if Fox is the last conservative outlet on DirecTV... Don't you suppose they will try other outlets? Don't you suppose they're, they're going to go after the cable outlets? They're already there. It's going to happen, right? So if you want to get online and go, I, I want Newsmax.com, help us out, that'd be great. Or you can call 877-NEWSMAX. This is important. Now, this as check this out. Former President Donald Trump has taken a, are you ready for this, 30-point lead over Ron DeSantis. Yeah, his highly publicized visit to uh, East Palestine showed Trump at 55, 30 points higher than Ron DeSantis, who's at 25, meaning Trump now has crossed the majority threshold in national GOP primary polling. All right, this is Emerson College, by the way. Poll of a 10-way race shows Trump's and DeSantis 
has the only two possibilities breaking into double digits. Trump announced his 2024 campaign in November. Last year, right after the 2022 midterms, and DeSantis has been considering a run and trying to build his national profile in recent weeks. All right? So, uh, uh, by the way, the survey also shows Trump being the only declared a potential GOP presidential candidate to lead Joe Biden. Trump leads Biden by a 4% uh, lead, which means 14, actually. DeSantis does not. A Rasmussen poll found that uh, 52% support Trump, while only 24 DeSantis. 15% support Haley. She'll never be the president. Widely viewed as the most established among the three potential contenders. So isn't that kind of interesting? And I said yesterday, actually I said on Monday, I said the only reason that Ronna McDaniel is still the RNC head is because, uh, and despite 85% of Republicans saying she needed to be replaced, by the way, and they were looking at Harmeet Dillon and uh, Mike Lindell, uh, but Harmeet Dillon was the, real, the realistic uh, chance of getting that. Nothing against you, Mike. Didn't have a chance. Uh, but uh, uh, the RNC went ahead and put Ronna McDaniel in there. Why is that? Well, Ronna McDaniel has said that she wants all of the candidates to, sub- to sign a, uh, an allegiance pledge, meaning that whichever candidate will support the candidate who is the chosen candidate in 2024. This, to me, says the GOP, Paul Ryan, who I just mentioned, uh, they will do everything they can to make sure that Donald Trump is not the candidate. That's what they want. And then they're going to make Donald Trump sign an agreement to support whoever. Here's Paul Ryan talking about the, uh, the GOP convention if Trump's the candidate. Come 2024, the Republican National Convention in Milwaukee, where will you be? It, uh, it depends on who the nominee is. I'll be here if it's somebody not named Trump. You won't show up if it's not. Oh, yeah, no. Not oh, my God. I won't go Wisconsin. either. Even Wisconsin. Yeah. That's according to WISN in uh, in Milwaukee. So uh, that's really not much of a threat because um, it's like, like uh, you know, oh, Jeffrey Dahmer can't make our family picnic. Yo, oh, my God. Oh, that's going to be terrible. You know, really, honestly, that's, that's what you got. That's what you got. Coming up, we've got uh, Gabe Kaminsky, outstanding writer for The Federalist on uh, disinformation and misinformation, Inc., bought and paid for by the deep state. That's on the other side of this. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hey guys, it's Carson. Are you looking to protect your money from Biden's America? Yeah, me too. Well, right now you can get up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last just by taking action in today's uncertain times. That's exactly why I partnered with a great company, Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. Gold Co. is a six-time, 5,000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year with thousands of five-star reviews and have helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. If you call them today, qualified callers get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. Don't pass this up. Not while companies are laying off workers by tens of thousands and Chinese spy balloons are drifting over our country consequence-free. Protect yourself from Biden's America and see if you're eligible for up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. Here's the number, 855-735-3740. That's 855-735-3740 for Gold Co. For all those who are sick and tired of people moving to D.C. and spending their entire lives telling us how to live ours, it's the Rob Carson Show. 
Joining us on the Newsmax Hotline is uh, uh, outstanding journalist Gabe Kaminsky. He's a writer for The Federalist, also has a terrific series on the, uh, the Washington Examiner. And he is on the Newsmax Hotline. Gabe, uh, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Hey, thanks for having me, Rob. I got to tell you, the uh, series of articles you've done on Disinformation Inc. are uh, stunning, not surprising, but uh, amazing. Uh, will you do me a favor and tell everyone exactly what the Disinformation uh, Index is? Yeah, sure, Rob. Our, our story has walked through and introduced this group into the public domain, how a group called the Global Disinformation Index uh, a British organization with two affiliated American nonprofit entities has been compiling blacklists, uh, block lists, blacklists interchangeably of conservative media outlets and feeding those to advertising companies with the intent of shutting those websites down. Uh, and so basically how this works is advertising companies subscribe to this list and adhere to it, and this determines which websites they're going to place ads on. And so the Washington Examiner actually learned that it is one website on this blacklist, uh, <laughs> therefore, you know, likely losing out on critical advertising dollars. Yeah, and I noticed that Newsmax is on there. Can you give us a, another a couple examples of who is on the list for the listeners who don't know? So we know definitively that the Washington Examiner is on the list, and another source said that Breitbart is on the list. But okay. separately, the Global Disinformation Index has said that the 10 riskiest outlets are places like the Real Clear Politics, Newsmax, the Daily Wire, the Blaze, and Reason Magazine, among others. And so given the Washington Examiner is not on that list of riskiest outlets, it seems inferrable, according to <laughs> ad industry experts, that all those outlets would also be, uh, you know, on the on this blacklist. Yeah, Gabe, I had uh, mentioned starting a couple of years ago, we started hearing this expression, disinformation, and uh, all of a sudden it became part of the popular vernacular, and we were supposed to suddenly think, oh, yeah, this has been, we've been talking about disinformation forever, but we hadn't. And I'm like, why is every boast that I do on social media that goes against any government narrative or the popular narrative, which, by the way, the government narrative matches the mainstream media, matched the big tech what was allowed Narrative. And suddenly, conservative thought about, well, I don't know, COVID, uh, vaccines, uh, uh, ivermectin, uh, Black Lives Matter, CRT. I, I got a list of about 100 things you could not say on social media. They were called misinformation and disinformation. And I said that uh, basically, if the uh, the deep state government, the, the Democrat Party largely, and the mainstream media, as well as social media, says something that your opinion is disinformation, then uh, Realize that most probably they know what you know is the truth. Is that essentially what you saw and this essentially reinforced by using the words disinformation and misinformation to shut down speech? What I can say is that following uh, the rise of, of Donald Trump uh, and his ascension to the presidency in 2016, this, this industry ramped up and sort of uh, it was entered into the public discourse and these organizations started receiving uh, you know, large amounts of money. What I can say also is that, uh, you know, certainly uh, there's concerns to be had about how the Global Disinformation Index is classifying yeah. uh, disinformation. And so disinformation typically one would assume would be pertaining to matters that are objectively fraudulent and fake. 
uh, and potentially damaging to public discourse, given that they are, uh, you know, just objectively false. The issue that we, we've sort of, uh, you know, our reporting is detailed is that the Global Disinformation Index's classification and flagging of disinformation has pertained to even opinion and topics yes. that certainly are fair <laughs> for debate. And I'll give you an example, Rob. Yes, yes. There was a piece in the Washington Examiner that we published that was a commentary article. It was flagged as uh, it, it, it's, a, it's an opinion article by uh, one of our one of our commentary editors. And that piece uh, uh, walked through social science research, a study conducted in 2022 that found that conservative men and women are on average more satisfied and happy with their lives than liberal men and women. So this, this is objective research. Yes. Um, this is not just an opinion. This is re- empirical data from yes. a think tank. That same article was flagged as peddling disinformation. And so we're past the point of even opinions being flagged. It's now data and objective research uh, that is being flagged as disinformation. Now, I had done some research with regard to the uh, the word disinformation, and my research showed that it came from disinformatia, which was uh, uh, coined and then made into policy by Joseph Stalin in 1923. Uh, and that's why well, I originally started kind of researching this word disinformation. I had heard that uh, disinformatia was the word that Stalin came up with. He wanted a Western-sounding word, so it was disarming. Uh, and and that's what it kind of sounds like. But, you know, also you discovered, and I, and I shared on the air last week, that this was state-sponsored stuff. That, uh, that was, it was paid for with money from the State Department. That money has since, I guess, gone away, right? Tell us about how the government was involved in paying for this. Between 2020 and 2022, uh, sorry, 2020 and 2021, two State Department-backed entities uh, provided 600 and roughly $665,000 to the Global Disinformation Index. And basically $100,000 of this came from a group called the Global Engagement Center, which is an intra-agency, meaning uh, multiple agencies, uh, you know, coordinated work with it, but it's, it's housed under the State Department. And they awarded that money, $100,000 to GDI as part of a something called the U.S. Paris Tech Challenge, which sought mm-hmm. to fight foreign disinformation. That was in, that was in 2021. Sure. Separately, the National Endowment for Democracy, which is a State Department-funded nonprofit group, uh, and I'd, I'd, I'd really harp on the fact that this is not a typical nonprofit group. No. This, this group was authorized in 1983 uh, under President Ronald Reagan. Uh, it received $300 million in taxpayer dollars in 2021. That same entity provided uh, $230,000 to the Global Disinformation Index, in 2020, and a little bit, uh, roughly $315,000 in 2021. Uh, and following our story, the National Endowment for Democracy, after it's kind of revealing that funding, they actually announced they will no longer be providing grants to the Global Disinformation Index. Uh, <laughs> but just today, uh, we, we just published this uh, about an hour ago. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the Global Engagement Center, the separate, the first entity I mentioned, is, there's crickets. They haven't, they haven't, said whether they will follow suit with the other group. Uh, yeah. so it's unclear if more funding will flow to GDI from that group. Uh, wasn't um, the newly elect uh, Stefanik, wasn't at least Stefanik in New York instrumental in uh, getting the defunding of at least the $300,000 uh, uh, grant? Elise Stefanik is on the board of the National Endowment for Democracy. Uh, okay. I'm not sure the okay. extent that she was instrumental no in getting that done. There were a few articles anonymously sourced 
that had mentioned that she was instrumental, but I haven't seen an on okay. record statement right. from her office. So I, I would say it's unclear how much she played a role in this. Uh, there was another piece you did uh, on the 27th. Government-backed group tried to punish sites, boosting COVID lab leak theory. This is kind of interesting since uh, two government agencies have now said, including the FBI, they say that they knew it came from the lab a long time ago. <laughs> so tell us about uh, about the, uh, the, uh, the COVID origins, which for some reason the media has been uh, completely remiss in trying to find, and also no interest from Democrats in finding the source of it. Uh, tell us about this a story from the 27th so the energy department uh has determined that the coronavirus most likely came from a laboratory in wuhan china and this is a, a hypothesis that has been debated between scientists for a while but it was it was casted doubt on um so doubt upon by um major left-leaning organizions particularly we, we focus on the global disinformation index uh you know they they published a stream of research in 2020 that essentially dismissed this this now reputable theory and yeah. been a reputable theory as disinformation. Uh, they called out Senator Tom Cotton for suggesting uh, for you know giving credence yes. to this potential yes. theory, and they also called out former President Donald Trump. Uh, they also have published reports GDI uh, that essentially flagged uh, ad companies that were placing ads on conservative websites like. The American Thinker, a uh, mm -hmm. conservative mm -hmm. blog, that were giving credence to this theory. So again, it just sort of was an illustration with the current news cycle of how powerful this sort of research can do. And I, I'd also just note, Rob, that the research wasn't in a nutshell. I mean, GDI's research on COVID-19 was cited widely by major universities in their academic research on the virus, and it was also cited by major legacy media outlets. Um, and so it certainly had ripple effects and one watchdog told us, uh, you know, it's possible that GDI could have really set back um, through their doubts of, of the lab leak theory, set back any credible research and investigations into that same hypothesis. Of course, of course. Uh, it's it's ridiculously simple. It's Occam's razor, by the way, The uh, particularly with the Wuhan lab. I mean, dear God in heaven, uh, level four bio lab in Wuhan where the virus, you know, was unleashed. Uh, no, it happened at the wet market where they don't serve bats and pangolin, as they said they did. Uh, also, you saw a connection with academia with regard to the University of Washington getting federal dollars to peddle disinformation. Can you tell us about that briefly? We published the story... Uh, I believe it was yesterday morning on this uh, or afternoon, and it, it detailed how the University of Washington is uh, a publicly funded university. It also receives millions of dollars uh, in, in 2021, I believe it, was, it surpassed a billion, but in research <laughs> grants. Uh, it's, a, it's a major research institution. They also actually focus heavily on fighting alleged uh, disinformation on the internet in addition to COVID disinformation. Wow. What we found is that the Global Disinformation Index actually partnered with the University of Washington in 2020, right around they were publishing their COVID lab leak research uh, to, uh, for a project on fighting COVID disinformation. Uh, and so GDI's, two of their uh, former researchers at the time, they're no longer with them, uh, those those are that organization, but they led that uh, project, and so I don't, you know, we don't know the specifics of what exactly they were flagging uh, as disinformation. But given what we know about a global disinformation index and what they flagged in the past as being COVID disinformation, such as the lab leak hypothesis, 
you know, it, it certainly raises concerns, and, and there's two watchdog groups that uh, essentially, essentially, uh, you know, held that view that a uh, publicly funded university institute, which is funded by the Department of Defense, NASA, Department of Energy, uh, that just National Science Foundation, just to name a few, I mean, they're taxpayer dollars, uh, you know, have gone to an organ- a university that partnered with another group that got taxpayer dollars to uh, shed wow. doubt on, you know, to identify things as disinformation on the Internet. We're talking to Gabe Kaminsky, a writer for The Federalist. Also, he's got a brilliant, I mean, brilliant job on Disinformation, Inc., on The Washington Examiner. Can you hold on through the break, Gabe? Because I've got a few more questions I want to ask you on the other side. Would that be okay? Sure thing, Rob. Yeah. I love it. I love it. If you guys want to call 800-922-6680, this is The Rob Carson Show. What part of abuses and usurpations do you not understand? It's The Rob Carson Show. Gabe Kaminsky, writer for The Federalist, who's put together this incredible uh, expose of disinformation, Inc., is on the phone with us. And i got to tell you, uh, years ago, I got to know Luke Rosiak, and he rose through the ranks of The Washington Examiner. And uh, I just think you are on par with his uh, tremendous journalistic effort, uh, Gabe. I just think you're doing great, great job. So thanks for joining me on the show, and thanks for doing what you do at The Washington Examiner and also at The Federalist. Let me ask you this, Gabe. Uh, have you been um, shut down? For instance, I know that uh, I've been able to share my opinions without being flagged on Twitter since uh, Elon Musk took over. Have you noticed a difference uh, at Twitter? And have you been uh, a part of this disinformation shutdown on other social media platforms with so many people who even consider uh, challenging the popular narrative? Uh, you know, you know, Rob, I... I have not personally been, uh, you know, censored in, in any respect on Twitter, to my knowledge. Um, certainly, what I, what I can speak to with regard to Twitter is that the Twitter files have revealed a lot about how they acted under Jack Dorsey uh, in terms of uh, coordinating with uh, the United States government to engage in content moderation of, uh, of you know, opinions disagreed with. Uh, and certainly something lawmakers have been looking into. You know, the House Oversight Committee, the Weaponization Committees in Congress, these are sort of issues they've been trying to poke at. Uh, in terms of under Elon Musk's reign, you know, I, I, I haven't necessarily followed too closely. Okay. Uh, but, I, but I can't say certainly that, uh, you know, the, I think uh, a lot of people under Musk, apparently I'm taking over, uh, we're, we're happy about that decision given kind of Twitter's prior, uh, prior actions. Yeah. You uh, you did a piece also about Microsoft suspending its relationship with Xander. Uh, Xander is essentially a media buying outlet that was directing money or at least advising people, advertisers, not to advertise with supposed disseminators of disinformation, which turned out to be exclusively conservative. Tell us about Microsoft and Xander. Microsoft, Xander, XSandyR. So Microsoft owns that company. Uh, it's an advertising company. They bought it for uh, $1 billion in 2021 from wow. AT&T. And what that means, advertising, it means that Xander is a third, is sort of a pastor group in the sense that they place ads on behalf of major companies uh, on major websites, you know, places like the Washington Examiner or otherwise, or sure. that's the model. Um, and so we, we had found that Microsoft's Xander was subscribing to the Global Disinformation Indexes, 
dynamic exclusion list, a.k.a. blacklist of uh, conservative media outlets, which wow. meant that um, outlets, uh, you know, were on or websites, conservative websites in general, were unable, many of which were unable to, uh, you know, receive ads through that through that major platform. Following us uh, leaking, uh, or sorry, uh, bad whistleblowers in the industry leaking that information to us, which we did publish. Uh, that blacklist and also some internal communications. Uh, Microsoft actually announced that it was launching an internal investigation and suspending its relationship uh, with the Global Disinformation Index. And, and you know, of course, we intend to keep following up with them to get updates on what that necessarily entails. There hasn't been a lot of details they've given on it. They've given, they literally just said they're, you know, suspending that relationship. Uh, but, you know, we, we want to keep getting more information and hope to keep updating people as time moves on. I hope that the uh, the businesses, including Newsmax, who were blacklisted by this organization, sue their asses off, to be quite honest. Um, and I'll also mention, you you said that Microsoft bought Xander from AT&T. AT&T owns DirecTV. DirecTV just dropped OAN last uh, last year and just dropped Newsmax. Kind of interesting. Kind of, you, you think maybe Xander, when uh, AT&T owned it, may have had that uh, that whole uh, that uh, whole same kind of vibe going, or do they just suddenly become these uh, these uh, blacklisters of conservative sites when uh, when uh, uh, they were bought by Microsoft? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure of how they operated okay. under AT&T. Um, that might be something that I direct you towards them, uh, either entities. But I would say that. We know that uh, Xander began subscribing to the Global Disinformation Index around 2021, uh, which is just around when that acquisition occurred. Um, So certainly it was something that I believe that would be under Microsoft's uh, jurisdiction after they bought it, unless it was slightly before that. I'd have to, you know, recheck. But but certainly this this has been recent, um, and their subscription hasn't lasted long, to our knowledge. and you know we'll, we'll see if they yeah. what kind of decision they end up making with regard to whether they'll resubscribe or entirely okay. cut ties. Gabe, I got to tell you, uh, thank you for what you're doing. I, I'm just uh, I, I love to see journalism when it's real journalism. What you're doing is real journalism, and uh, it just uh, I, I've been, uh, really enjoyed the series. It's very very powerful. Uh, where can people find you on social media, sir? Because I want people to know about you and what you're doing for the Federalist and also for the Washington Examiner. Appreciate it, Rob. Uh, I, I'm fully at the Washington Examiner. I actually used to write for the Federalist a few years oh, ago. Oh, okay, but, sorry. Yeah, gotcha. no worries. Um, so my, my, my Twitter is at uh, G-E Kaminsky, G-E-K-A-M-I-N-S-K-Y. That's where I share a lot of my stories. And you can also go to WashingtonExaminer.com. All right, uh, I got to run, buddy. Subscribe. Yep. We'll, we'll be in touch. Thank you, my friend. Let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hey guys, it's Carson. If you don't know already, I am live in the famed Rush Limbaugh slot, noon to three Eastern Standard Time on talk radio stations across the country, and the replay of every show is available everywhere you find podcasts. Just search Rob Carson Show. Make sure to check out my TV show on Newsmax called Rob Carson's What in the World. Follow me on social media, and above all, don't catch the stupid. Stupid, stupid. 